0: Her name is Shanika Wood. She is a former AUS basketball champion, an academic All-Canadian, and a Dal Shulich Law School student, and future, potential future, Stu Mack, Stuart McKelvey lawyer. Um, A lot of insight from her, somebody that's been through many different levels and comes from Ontario. So it should be a blast kind of hearing what she's about and where she's been and where she sees herself going so thank you very much make sure to tune in hit su- subscribe make sure you don't miss out on any of our next podcasts because they are lit. Podcast. Um, Tristan and I are here with Shanika Wood. Shout yeah. uh, out Shan. So uh, Shan will introduce herself in a sec. She's a uh, former SMU basketball uh, Huskies player from Ontario. She's been in school in Nova Scotia um, for a long time, and she is currently in law school. So Shanika.
1: And, well, you're, and and you're you're leaving out one big, you know, important, you know, thing. You know, what's, what's that? That's, that's your boo. That's <laughs> <the> boo. <laughs> Listen,
2: you gotta separate the person from the person. Hey, that's what she. That's what she thinks.
1: Yeah, hey, I respect it. I respect it for sure. But you know, <laughs> you know, obviously, I mean, obviously, like you guys are, you know, really close friends. You want to say really close friends? Best friends. Uh-huh. Okay. It? Yeah, but this, ep- this is episode four, man. So welcome to the show, Shan, finally. Thanks. Welcome
0: Thank to the TFC podcast. It- introduce yourself to people that don't know you. um
2: My name is Nick Wood. As Will said, I played basketball at SMU. Um, I did my undergrad there. And now I'm in my second year at Schulich School of Law in Halifax.
0: Um. You're, you're, you're you said so you, you, you play basketball at SMU?
2: Yep, that's what I said.
1: Did you? Did you? Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: so,
1: Talk. where are you you're from, Ajax?
2: Yeah, Ajax, Ontario. And I came up here in um, like 2014, I'd say, for SMU.
1: 2014, you only started there.
2: What? SMU? When did
1: you start playing basketball?
2: I think 2014. Yeah. So you year. never
1: play junior high or high school?
2: Oh, sorry. When did I start basketball? Period. I started basketball in high school in grade nine. Because my okay. mom wanted me to do something. She didn't want me to just sit down.
1: Yeah, even that's still pretty late, though. Like, grade nine.
2: I was a late. Very late. Like, uh, I got into basketball very late. And it was literally only because my mom, like, forced me. And wow. then I, obviously.
0: We started playing basketball in the same grade. Wow. Meant to be. Gee
2: a romantic pair
0: but uh
2: so, but before
1: ball like what 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 int- like what were you interested in like what did you do like arts and crafts or were you like a, a like a dancer or like you know did you want to be an actor like what did you
0: want to be growing up
2: um
0: insta famous
2: no <laughs> before basketball i didn't yeah i didn't really think about sports that much um, at one point, I wanted to be like a newscaster, mm-hmm. and my grandma literally always said that I would be good at that. That was a thought for a second.
0: Hey, for the camera, hey.
2: You know what I'm saying?
0: Hollywood. Told you, Insta famous.
2: Uh, Lord, but um, I'm very happy I play basketball because I met so many people that I've never have known or spoken to otherwise.
0: Um, <laughs> did you win in high school?
2: Nope. Nope.
1: Well, like, just games in general, or what? Like, what, what was, like...
2: Like, our championship? No, we didn't. Like, my high school team um, was not that great, to be honest, in terms did, of winning. Did you do... What was your school
0: marks like Like in high school? Were you top of the food chain? Were you kind of middle? Were you bottom? Like, how did how'd you do in school?
2: I did good in whatever I cared about, which I think... Okay resonates with a lot of people. So, for instance, French, I hated it. I hated it. Science, I hated it. Like, I still, I don't even know what I got in the middle of it. or was, like, you failed. Yeah. I, I didn't feel anything in high I failed math in grade nine. and had to do it in summer school. Was it too hard? Like, you just didn't understand it? I was not good at it. I don't know what it was. It's just math and science, like, aren't my friends. Um... but i did good in like high school like i took it serious Uh, i I need an average for basketball and scholarships and stuff like that so i think once i knew that i just
1: right well that's that's where that's what's interesting to me is like before grade nine you weren't even interested in sports and then all of a sudden you're playing at one of the highest levels that someone can play at so clearly like you ended up really like liking the sport like would you say you fell in love with it or was like where was that change or what caused that
2: i think what really helped was i think once you start to see yourself be successful at something like you naturally start mm-hmm. to like it more and like you might fall in love with it and i think that's what happened with basketball is, like i was tall and pretty strong and so all of my coaches when i was younger really like praised that and like highlighted that whereas not in a sport, and as a young female, you're like, I'm so tall, what the fuck? Like, it's, sorry, <laughs> it's, like, not the same. It's fine, it's free. We, we had this discussion every day about swearing, don't worry. There, there ain't no rules, Shan, be you. Uh, but I find for young girls, when they're tall, like, you're taller than all the boys, like, you're, like, the giant. And then when you get into basketball, it's a different world where it's, like, it's such a benefit and a bonus. And I think at that young age, that was, like, confidence-building thing for me, too. Yeah, it's
1: really go go in a little on that because like were you always like how did you feel being like the tallest girl like taller than some of the guys like did that play on your confidence as a girl at that age or what
2: um honestly um i was always tallest like even in grade I was, I grew up in Toronto, so we had, like, a grade, grade five graduation, and I was, like, one of the valedictorians, and the guy beside with me was so short. He had to stand on, like, a crate to reach no. the
0: crate. So it was Just, like,
2: And I always would stand in the back of the class because I was the tallest, and, Remember. like, I don't think I was ever, in- like, I don't think I was actually ever insecure with it because I think it also, like, on the flip side of it, it was, like, I always looked older than I was. So, uh-huh. like, once I hit puberty, like grade like six and seven, I was tall, but I was a little like chubbier.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
2: when I hit puberty it got like taller and I just felt like it helped me like grow a little bit more as like a woman.
3: Into
2: it. Into it. And so I don't know, obviously people talk about height and like I get how like it can be a thing for people. And as a girl, like a lot of guys are shorter, especially in high school. But do you I'm
1: think girls do struggle with that. Like if, if, like yeah, some girls
2: are I think especially girls who like if you don't play a sport or something where like there's some something or someone to like build your confidence with it, like for me yeah. that like really helped a lot. And there's so many tall girls on sports, basketball, especially or volleyball, or whatever the case may be. So through basketball, I feel like I just like learned to love myself and love it and
0: that makes a lot of sense actually. Do you do you find that anybody in high school, um, your high school basketball team like coaches that helped build that, that helped kind of erect that confidence and tell you like listen like this like this can be good for you this can this can help you go somewhere or anything like that was there anybody like that just who you are that kind of of led you to SMU in a sense like
2: yeah um my senior high school coach fetters I like he's amazing and my rep basketball coach um junior they both were like they both really praised my height and like told me utilized it and essentially like if I wasn't playing well, they'd be like, like, look what you have, and use your strength, and don't waste it. And I think I just have always kept that in my mind. Like you have this potential, like put it to use. And I think that just resonates with like everything.
1: And you started seeing success, right? So you're like, man, this this is actually paying off to my benefit.
2: Yeah, and then it's just like a lot of it is just like in your own head. Like before a game, you're speaking to yourself, or in a matchup in the post, like having a bit of pride. Like this girl's like five eight. I'm. <laughs> 11 like let's go like those Did moments you, you just like
1: just talk to yourself like that like before games and stuff or like what was your mental I, you, know
0: what, you just look at people and you're like you're at the bottom of the food chain and i'm at the top in terms of size like mm-hmm. you can't like there's no comparison in
2: competitive sport i think in your own head you have to think like i got this or because if you think like like you're naturally not going to perform to the best of your ability so obviously when I saw if I ever had matchup with a girl who was like six four, to me I'm like, okay, it's gonna be a challenge. So for me, I'm like, imagine her perspective. She's gonna automatically assume because you're bigger than her, that there's some sort of advantage you have. So like utilize that like mental weakness that they'll have.
1: Here's the crazy spin on that. Like that that makes sense. In in the context of sports, it makes sense to have a mindset like, yo, I'm gonna kill this. Yeah. Do you think Like but but then in another context, say school, it's kind of weird to have that same mindset, but but in theory, wouldn't it wouldn't it do the same thing? Like if you had a big tester coming, if you had a big test or exam you're studying for, like, doesn't it make sense that you should but it's almost weird to be like, yo, fuck this exam, like I'm gonna kill it, like this you can't touch me, right? But like doesn't like what do you think as someone in like law school or post secondary?
2: Um, I think the difference is, like, your comfort zone. So with basketball, like, I am comfortable with it. And, like, as I said, like, once you start to see success, you feel it. And, like, you know what you did to get there. And I think it's a lot easier in basketball to just think that like, you can keep going versus, like, education. Because courses are so different. Professors are so different. Exams and papers are so different. So I don't really walk into anything. Like, I'm going to body this. Um like you go in confident and like trust your capabilities. But I just think it's also a different world. Like it might be easier for someone who grew up amongst the whole family who was like extremely educated or everybody had like a university background and like has grew, grew up in that like ambiance with like that type of mindset. Mm. But that's not how um,
0: I. I was going to say, you, you say usually you were taller and stronger than most of the competition that you faced. Um, <laughs> Throughout, like, you went to Snoo, right? And you guys won um, some AUS championships? Yeah. And and finished high in, you almost won a national championship, was it? One or two
2: years? Mm. What? We got third place.
0: So my question, based on those years, like, what you're saying is, like, yeah, like, when, when I would see people that I knew I had, like, an advantage on. hmm um like I like I knew I was gonna like how did you react like how did you overcome the feelings of when you were matched up with somebody that was bigger than you like what how did you respond to that and how does it translate to you in school now and and anything like that
2: I think it's also important to note that like in high school like I built up that like okay like let's go and rap. I built up but then when I came to university no like you're back at square one because like your competitive sport are like they're up there you're down here like it's naturally this like upper echelon like you're trying to like time to reach up with them so obviously when I came to SMU I came to a very talented team so I did not walk into practice like should I got this I walked into practice like shit like what did I just get myself into and like thankfully like I had a great group of girls who like helped me like with myself and good coaching staff and whatnot and like my own personal growth but I think that's like an important thing to recognize, like, every different challenge or every um, new situation I got into, like, you kind of do crawl back into that space of, like, this is uncomfortable and, like, you're no longer, like, the one who knows it all or, like, the best in recognizing that.
1: You, like, either, like, embrace it or run away from
2: it. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, like, you're going to have your, like, shaky moment at the beginning because you're trying to figure out where you fit and how you belong. But I do think it falls into place. In terms of school, for me, I think that um, law school is obviously, like, different and uncomfortable because law school has a lot of people who, like, come from, like, a lawyer background or a doctor background and or older, more mature students, so they've done more with their lives, whereas, like, I came straight from undergrad. So it's, like, there's so many different people in it that you don't... Extremely confident, and also the grading scheme of law school. Um, we're marked on a curve, so essentially, like, you know, you have to make some sort of impact to get the grade you want, which is a little different than undergrad. Whereas, if you got enough, for B you got enough for B in law school, like, the one mark can take you from a B minus to plus. So,
0: go ahead, Tristan.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, where when did you go from wanting to be a TV news reporter to being a lawyer? Where did that come from?
2: Uh, basically, the news reporter thing was kind of just a thought. And then I did my undergrad, and I liked CRIM, and I enjoyed school. As okay. uh, your undergrad? Pardon?
1: What was your undergrad in?
2: Um, I had a major in CRIM and a minor in business and psych. Okay. Um, but then, like I started going through the whole like contemplation of what am I going to do with an arts degree, you know? <laughs> throw that at people like constantly right now um and basically like no I did not want to be a lawyer growing up I just decided I'm going to take my LSATs and if I get in well let's go with it if not we'll figure it out and I got in and now I'm like feel extremely like grateful for the position I have that I can become a lawyer one day because I think I'm an example of someone who never pictured themselves in this position but like you work hard enough and you will get there obviously I still have a long way to go but Everything well, works it's out.
1: It's like, uh, I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to do this.
2: Yeah, because I think with arts, it's really tricky. Because unless you have something extremely specific, um, like crim, I enjoyed crim, But it was like, I didn't want to be a police officer. It's not like you can just become like a criminal detective. Why didn't you want to become a police officer? It just... It doesn't speak to me. Sched- schedule the intricacies behind a lot of the issues. I think for me personally I'd rather be on the side that can make some more like political changes. And I think the legal aspect is important because the police um are kind of what we see on social media. But I think the people in the background have a lot of pull that people don't really understand.
0: They hide. They hide. They they don't get spoken about the what those ones, huh?
2: Yeah and I think from there's so much, so many issues with police brutality and whatnot. But to understand like the legality, of everything is just this like library of knowledge that I never knew existed. And I think the university really just got me like, interested in learning more about what I don't understand.
0: Uh, I want to ask um, two questions about what we just talked about. One, um, one is related to what you're talking about in terms of you come like describe your household and like how you were raised, like your family and then how um, compared to most of your, your, the other students that you go to school with in law school in terms of like families and like the difference maybe that you talked about, like professionals and that kind of stuff. And then also touch on um, the fact that you you're, you used basketball in a sense to get a degree, right? Student athlete and, and move on to po- uh, further education. Um, can you touch on after as well? Like you've described before being a, uh, you were on the, was it the Dean's list or you were a, um, mm-hmm. right. You, you spoke about that. I don't think I. you I'd... haven't spoken I... about that, but you were right. Correct. Yeah. So can you touch on the fact that, um, why many student athletes struggle to kind of transition or find maybe more more education or jobs and 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 touch on the fact that you're a woman and how that portrays too because I know a lot I feel like a lot of guys university athletes that might be minorities struggle a lot with and, and females with where you've come from and how far you've gone so I, I know those are two kind of broad questions but I feel like they tie in a bit to to your story and and engaging other people
2: um in terms of family um I'm fortunate i have a very loving like tight family I have um four siblings and my father's from Jamaica and my mom is from here neither of my parents went to school uh, college and university so like, I was the first in that case. Um, however, like, my mom has always, like, worked her ass off for everything she had me when she was very young. So we're extremely close as a result. We talk every single day. And I think that's one of the huge things that, like, has kept me grounded. So the last few years of living in another city and going through undergrad and a new team is, like, I think everyone needs, like, a constant person. Um, for me, it's always been my mom. Some people might be their spouse. Obviously, like as you get older you meet your spouse but I just think having like outside of that own that intimate relationship like a parent or sister or brother that's always there I think it's essential for your journey What's that? um or friend yeah oh so that's kind of that and um I just decided from seeing like my parents their journey and like struggling in some aspects that like one thing I want to do was like I want to go to university and I want to like get my degree and I want to be like be comfortable financially at some point in my life and I want to enjoy my job. So those are kind of the two things that have always been in the back of my mind. And I think another thing is like, once you see your parents kind of like struggle or work so hard for you, like you just have this like push and fire and desire to like work so hard that you can do something for them later. They had four of us, (laughs) there's uh, uh, a couple of us in my household. So hopefully, once we all like grow up like we can help take care of them and I think that's the ultimate goal um but what was your second question again Do you it was me? yeah okay most
0: most people that go to play university sport university sports especially males but females well and minorities like especially I would say basketball is strong too like
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's 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 common to like play basketball and then just kind of get lost in life and not have a plan or or a an idea of what you want to do but you you know you went to school you got you got a major minor and then you went to law school and you were on the dean's list and and talk about those those moments and like what was maybe different for you than and I know you just talked a bit about it but compared to like some of your peers in uni- in, in university that you you know
2: yeah um so it's like a huge problem for me, and I really, and for um, it is the number of um, athletes who don't graduate or don't finish or settle um, due to three years to finish, or maybe they run out of time so they get their certificate instead of their degree, and I just think it's a shame when you don't finish because you dedicate so much of your life, your body, your mind to that school and that program, and of course, I'm not trying to blame the university for everything, because you do have to study on your own. But I think it's resources that are neglected for certain individuals. So an example for me was there's this academic all-Canadian breakfast that, like, all players go to. And uh, if you play uh, for U Sports Canada and you get an average over 80 percent, and I went to it one year, and I was um, the only black athlete at it at St. Mary's, which is crazy because the basketball team and it's like mostly and as well as football so for me that was like a very traumatizing moment where I was like what the hell is going on here but also like look what you did and so I think I'm constantly battling with that in my head it's like we have so many issues but you have to take care of yourself so I think it's this like huge weight kind of on like your shoulders especially if you are a minority that like when you're in a position like this it's like okay I'm growing I'm doing something that wasn't expected but there's so many people left behind and I don't know what the answer to that is right now but I think it's a huge problem and hopefully once I'm able to become a lawyer and actually have more resources and be more educated that's something I would love to get involved in. Um
1: have were you ever involved with anything like that? Um in Social rights, social justice during school or
2: something? Um, no, there was, like, some mentorship programs I volunteered with. but How was that? It was okay. Some people participate, some people don't. It's not that serious because it was, like, run by students. Mm. Um, not so much by the school and not so much by the coaches. So it was, like, a lot less mandatory. So it's, like, you meet every so often as much as they want. Not everybody wants to meet. Look at
0: looking back on it now like where you are would you have been more forceful in terms of like the mentor that you were supposed to mentor like would you have gone maybe try to go after the the player a bit more and be like yo listen like listen to me like instead of instead of being like you know what this guy keeps blowing or this girl keeps blowing me off like they don't want to listen like I'm not gonna like how do you ever think about that now
2: sorry to interrupt no um I think it takes two to tango though in the same light of it all like you can't force someone to want to do something. Someone might have that desire, like, low-key, in, the, in their right. mind, deep in their hearts, but, like, everyone has someone who they feel more comfortable with, and I think that might be one of the key issues, is, like, finding, like, some sort of, like, I don't know, like, men- mentor for every single team that can, like, resonate. Maybe you need, like, three of them on a football team, and people can kind of jive with who they jive with. But I think that's, like, a huge element of it is, like, I was randomly selected and paired with certain people, which is like bear because it's anonymous, but that doesn't guarantee that that person will be comfortable with me. True. That's
1: a, uh, man, Will, that's what we were exactly talking about, almost similar to uh, T-Bear. Like this morning we were talking to T-Bear again, and he, he talked about the, the issues or the structural issues going on with inside of uh, these kind of like black communities. Yeah and saying that the the issue with like police officers coming into those communities and, and trying to help their way of trying to help is just going in there and taking the problem out and removing that person or whatever and he he was he was just explaining to us how that's like that's just not going to work it's not going to eventually solve the problem because these police officers aren't resonating at all and they're not um easy to empathize with between the two like the two groups right um that's everything in, in that's that's everything to do with con- connecting with with people communicating with people understanding their problems where they may be coming from um so it's just like you can go in any level whether it's just in university or whether it's at a province or country level with social uh social issues it's just like the the main thing and that's why it's probably the the hardest thing to solve is how do you get everyone to understand everyone right like
2: exactly and i think that just involves a little more listening because it's not to say that you have to agree with what someone has to say right. but i think half the problem is like Nobody wants to listen, or like we judge. So someone might have committed a crime in the community. So you come in and you automatically judge. And like our system is typically, and historically, you're gonna go to jail or you're gonna get a record for it, rather than have that conversation or like, right? Why did you do this? Like, what brought you here? And I think that's the problem. Is like we penalize people rather than like figuring out what the problem is.
1: Right. And that's why I said that's why people aren't you. People don't want to call the police if something's going on because
0: you don't want to ruin someone's future over one.
1: Like word for word, right?
0: yeah. um, What was I gonna say? I was gonna say. Um, oh man, um, I had a thought. it just—it just left. But um, you're choking. Huh? No, choking I was. Now. It was. It was. It was very. That. That's why I find sports, especially team sports, um, that integrate typically integrate different people from different communities. So important because, you know, from, from what I learned, just what Shan said, like I've had the opportunity to meet people from so many different communities and backgrounds that like you learn, you have to learn to listen. And if you don't, you guys aren't going to be successful as a team. You know what I mean? And that, that ties right into life. Whereas in politics, in society, you have to listen to each other. And if you don't, you're not going to succeed. Like, yeah, maybe the, maybe Halifax economy one year does well, but like, that doesn't mean that like sending people to prison from a community in the, in the city is good. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean holding people back systematically is, is good. And that's, that's when you're not listening, you know what I mean? And, and that's, I kind of tied into um, having people kind of at the table to, to discuss these topics to help change. Right. And that's kind of what shan talked about being a lawyer she want to be a police officer she want to be a lawyer because she that's an easier way to kind of make more of a difference
2: right. instead of police, yeah
0: instead of just go ahead what were you gonna say
2: um and i wouldn't i i wouldn't even say i think it's easier i think it'll be more impactful i think it's difficult because for me it's still extremely uncomfortable like I, I'm in my second year of law, but I still feel like I know nothing, right? Like there's so much more to it. And all you hear is like, once you get into practice, it's completely different. But once I get into a firm, I'm going to be with all these people who are like, almost like when you're on a varsity team, the captains, like they're gold stars. They know what they're talking about. They're going to ask me to do something and I'm going to have no clue how to do it. I might have an opinion on the matter, but does my voice influence anybody? So I think it's just this constant like rotation of like, what am I learning? Who can I talk to? Like, how can I make my voice impactful? But while also, like, recognizing my surroundings. And I think that's, like, an important part of it is you need to adjust how you talk to, like, your environment. So, like, obviously when I'm talking to you guys, I might be a little more relaxed versus, or I might be a little more blunt in what when I think something's wrong. Versus your place of employment, you can be able to highlight the exact same thing, but change your language. That's and I think that's something I'm slowly learning through, like, my education and yeah,
0: that's that's crazy, because we talk about that with with um, basketball in terms of, you know, top dog at his high school gets recruited to university. Right. You're usually back down at the bottom of the food chain. Right. Like once you move to the top of certain food chains, you go back down. And that's kind of what Shan's talking about is
2: it's constant. She,
0: she keeps moving up, you know, a- academic all Canadian to law school and then kind of getting more comfortable. And then finally um, getting it like you've you've you got a job at one of the most what? Prestigious law firms and are articling in in Nova Scotia or Halifax, correct?
2: Yeah. You can say that.
0: So, so so then. Let me, that's, let's we'll, not. Play. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but then but what you're saying is, now, once, you're
2: getting, once,
0: once you get into that firm, you're back kind of. What you're saying is, you're back at the bottom, trying to trying to kind of figure out your route to to them back up.
2: It'll and be then, a, do I belong here. Like, how do I get to the top okay. like,
0: Um, and, and with what you said, touching on touching on um, your academic all Canadian breakfast and, and linking that to law school mm. and linking that to just talk about the, the similarities in terms of because me and you people don't know, but you and I have kind of we talk about stuff at that at the house, like race and culture and stuff. And, you know, we've we've not. Um, we've bumped heads occasionally and like it's it's just like learning to have the discussions because like you said to me before like there's certain things that I can't understand and 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 again my perspective you might not completely understand but it's we talk right whether or not sometimes we might have disagreements but touch on touch on maybe when you've told me you don't understand like talk about the all canadian breakfast and being in law school and the balsa and all this stuff that comes with that
2: um just on the note of like us having those types of conversations i think it's like imperative that you are able to have those kind of discussions with your partner or your person whatever you want to call them because especially if you're in like an interracial relationship whatever race you are or different religions because i think you need to be able to hear their viewpoints and like maybe you'll argue about it but i just think that there's so much you can grasp in those conversations and like i wouldn't want to be with someone where i had to like mute myself. And I think these are such important discussions that, like, they do get heated between us sometimes. But I think people need to understand, like, that's okay because you need to have real, raw conversations with the people who are like going to be there and going to be around you. Um. Anyways, just want to say that I think people should be less
1: based on those conversations. Do you feel like you have a better understanding together, or or like, have you I've, gained from them?
0: No, we. I, I mean, personally, I've I've definitely um, taken a lot from. From uh, our, our discussions and I don't know about Shan but just learning to definitely learning to listen more and try to try to understand right. because everybody that knows me knows I'm extremely stubborn like really really stubborn and when I can have a certain idea or thought in my head it can be really hard to to get out and having these conversations has definitely made me uncomfortable because you know, if if you're, whether you're accused of of you know feeling a certain way or or being told you're, you know what I mean, your your look is not right. Um, it makes you uncomfortable, and and you you then have to kind of listen, um, and and stop thinking about everything I say is right. Um, I, I don't know it because you don't know everything.
1: That's right, and um, I like hearing how uh, you're, you're comparing the fact that you're climbing the food chain through university and now you're going into a law firm and now I'm back at the bottom and now I've got to learn again. Um, I think that's where we as athletes have an advantage over other people because our in our entire lives, we're going to new teams and we're, uh, we're playing. We have to learn to play with people we've never met before and come together over a common goal. I just... I mean, we could have 15 podcast episodes on the benefits that athletes have over, like, even just a student athlete, being able to balance, like, all the benefits that come with literally balancing a full-time job, which as a university athlete, we know that there's not much time for anything else, but it's, we gain so many valuable skills that uh, translate into life as well, right? What uh? What do you think you you pull most from your time as a student athlete now that you're getting ready to start as a lawyer?
2: Um, I think discipline and um, like knowing my own capabilities, balance as well, discipline in terms of schoolwork. Um, with basketball obviously you can't organize every single night every single day like things happen you might have pra- we had practice six to eight so after practice I didn't want to study I was hungry I'd shower like you know the yeah, typical.
1: It's like yeah.
2: yeah so you're just not in it so I had to figure out like when I was productive like how much work I wanted to get done and I think organization skills are key and helps me in law school don't get me wrong I don't necessarily do every single thing I plan to do every single day and get it done like Religiously, but I do try to like adhere to like a structured calendar. Like, I live by my calendar, and like, obviously, some days you can't get everything done. But I think basketball really teaches you that like you're capable of more than you think. So maybe Mm -hmm. I allow like two hours for reading that I really only need 45 minutes for, but also just knowing like, okay, I might need to like take a minute after I read for 15. basketball has like challenged those things and I think also just like getting to know different people I think that's one of the greatest things about it is like you're never gonna love every single one of your teammates the same you're gonna connect more with some less with others you're gonna have days where like you argue on the court and like some people leave it on the court some people don't I think basketball just teaches you how to like adjust to different attitudes and perceptions and cultures which I think has helped me and will me in my future
1: Sure. And like communicate, right? Because, you know, I, this was personally, I knew that I couldn't talk to one teammate the same that I did to anyone else. Mm -hmm. Some, someone would, would uh, respond to criticism differently. Others would be like, uh, uh, you know, remove removed from the group and have a one-on-one conversation. Other people like really benefited from getting called out in front of the whole team. Uh, I just think as like, you know, Tommy's like the leadership skills and the communication skills that not everyone's the same.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Just because I, I think something, it doesn't mean it's going to become clear to another person, right? So, I mean, already, you know, that once you start um, a career or or you're in your job or even at a restaurant, like talking to, diff- like, Will can definitely attest to this. I knew as a server that every table was going to be differently or was going to be was going to be different and that they were different personalities. So some would respond much better to, Hey guys, how you doing today? Well, welcome to this, you know, salty. What can I get for you? And then other people would just be like, don't talk to me, take my order and leave yeah. me alone. And I think I, you know, I, I, I owe it to basketball because I feel like I have a really good ability to read that. Um, and then, body language kind of the body language energy they're giving up every it's these little subtle things that mean a lot yeah. um, and i just feel like basketball allowed me to really really develop that because it's so important i use that all the time even in these different conversations when when can i jump in when does someone need a little a yeah. question when do they need this and that like it's like man there's so much that comes from sport
0: um Do you want to touch on that?
2: I was going to go back to something, but
0: do you
2: go want to back. follow up? One more thing about uh, sport was like being able to take criticism, is something I think I took from that. Um, because it's hard for any of us, I think, to take criticism, but like you're naturally, especially in basketball, I find you'd be called out in practice, at least by my coach, in games, halftime. And like being capable of like taking like whatever they're saying and like keep it moving, I think is essential. And I think that's one thing to, that I take with me through school is, like, if I don't get the best mark on something, like, yeah, I'm pissed about it, but I don't yeah. wake up the next day, and I'm not bitter. Like, life goes on, and, like, what can I do next? And I think basketball really gave me the mentality of, like, what's next? Like, how can you improve? And, oh, like, bro. taking the benefits of criticism because, like.
1: Was was your SMU coach, like, really uh, vocal and, like, like, like a – really hard on you guys, or was he more of, like, was he one to call you out and start cursing at you and, like, say,
2: he yeah, he had his moments, and I think also, like, the more senior you became, the less you'd get called out, because the more senior you were, that's when you started to call people out, or, like, you would recognize your own mistakes a little bit more,
3: mm-hmm. and like
2: seniors would call me out when I, if I did something wrong, or, like, talk to me after practice if I needed it, or whatever the case may be, and... Yeah, so, yeah, he yelled, but we also had an assistant coach who did, like, most of the yelling,
1: and I liked it. Do you do you have, like, one memory, like, before – I know, Will, you want to get back, but oh,
3: do you okay. have like, one
1: memory through your ba- your entire basketball career where, like, either you or one of your teammates got savagely, like, called out in front of, the, like, the whole team?
2: Um.
1: it happens. I swear everyone has one. You're yeah, like-
2: um – there's one time when he almost canceled practice on us, but he didn't. I'd say he definitely called out a few people more than others. And, like, I can remember that vividly, but I'm, like, not going to say.
0: But. How did that make you feel? Did it, as, like, how, how, as, a, as a human, like, outside of basketball, like, the sport, competitive, what you say, but with constructive criticism, like, how did it make you feel watching maybe people that were at the bottom of the food chain? getting called out repeatedly even knowing that like they probably you know whether they should be doing what they're supposed to do like at the end of the day like they're trying they're trying yeah like just their skills their physical stature their mind might might not be as fast or strong as you guys like how did it feel for you like to watch that like did anybody
2: like you might feel sympathetic sometimes of course you do like if someone's giving their all and it's just like not what's asked for But I also think in those moments, you're a little more numb to it because, like, it comes with the sport. So, like, unless something's extremely rude is said, when someone gets yelled at, like, you don't feel that bad because you've all been there before. And you kind of know your coach's style and your coach's attitude. And at the end of the day, like, you're a team. So if you see someone really feeling shitty afterwards, you can talk to them. But, um... I didn't usually take it home, and I don't remember my coach really ever being that, like, offensive to someone, where I was like, Shh.
1: Mm. What about you, Will? Have you been in a situation where you're like, damn, coach took it too far?
0: E- Maybe one time. Not like like any
1: coach, Not and I know when I say coach.
0: No, you know? like, I think there's one specific time, and, and, and it was at X, and it was my last year, and it was right up, l- running up to playoffs, and um, he. Uh, granted, we probably deserved some of it, but the de- like we talked about the delivery, the energy, and the the timeline. Like it just to me, it didn't match what, like. So so we were playing baseball, we were scrimmaging, and we were complaining like at X like the the this what
2: you said we were playing baseball.
0: Baseball. A
3: drill.
0: It's yeah. a drill. It's Come a on.
2: Scrimmage. And you don't try you know. that. X. You play, you play
0: half court. You play half court um, scrimmage, five on five, and you the, the team that goes gets three strikes wins. So the first team to three, three wins.
3: Okay.
0: And and anyways, so anyways, continuing, um, the <laughs> assistant coaches ref the games, and they're not real refs. So oh, the calls crazy. are always they're crazy, right? And
1: crazy refs. Shadow dodge you
0: know you're you're you complain like you should you try to cut that stuff out like as a coach you want to tell your players like don't focus on the refs like let me focus on the refs like that's not your job right mm. but it's it's you know it's competitive juices get going like and granted like he's probably told us before stop complaining but anyways he stopped practice and he just huddled us all in and looked like single bear and i out and said like listen like after this year like like you guys are going to be done and i'm still going to be coaching Oh. In, front of, in front of the whole team like and it was kind of he's like stop like trying to like it was almost like just like
1: he was he was making the point that he was like like show me respect like i'm gonna be here regardless of
0: yeah you. like listen to what i'm saying yeah and, and stop like stop doing what i'm telling you not to but at the same time it's like you're i get it to an extent but it's also one of those things like i thought like in front of the whole team like just the delivery and and the tone like that was one time. Like, and don't don't get me wrong. Like, I love Coach K. Like, you know what I mean. Like, what a lot of people don't
1: know is he's so passionate he's towards training. He's the most
0: competitive person, and he. But he also means he also is really concerned about his players. Like, you're always following up. You meet with them. He knows your marks. He follows students. Oh yeah. He wants everybody to graduate. Usually, I'd say usually compared to most other schools, guys stay there. Like on on average, like usually four or five years whereas like you might other schools like it might be two years and then guys gone right like that's because of the culture that coach brings that's a testament to the, stru- the structure right so yeah. th- that was one um that was one thing where he just kind of like you know like he just yeah you know, like it was like you guys like whatever you guys want to keep complaining about it doesn't matter because at the end of the day like this is going to end that's for you guys here, but I just didn't like, it was hard to hear, right?
1: I think, I think any coach that kind of has those moments or allows like us to carry on these memories of, of a coach going off, it just shows how much like they're invested in winning, which in turn is a good thing for, for the players, right? Yeah,
0: for sure. It, it would be terrible
1: if your coach just didn't care. Yeah. Of course,
0: of course. They always make that, uh, that analogy about if your coach is yelling at you, it means he cares right. or whatever. Um, I want to, I want to touch back on something that I, I like. We didn't get to finish. Um, as a, as a black woman, um, like you said, in, in the all-Canadian breakfast, being the only uh, black woman there, or black, was it, were no black guys there.
3: Huh.
0: So talk about that. And and how how it transferred to to law school like what is what's law school like like do you feel did you feel the same your first day in law school than you did at the afternoon breakfast and if so like how crazy is that like how does that affect your your learning?
2: Um yeah I'd say it's pretty similar. Um luckily I had Eob and Abagisha brothers who are also black. They're from Nova Scotia and um. So we got to go through it together and we got to walk into law school together but like you still walk in and you're still the minority so we're all in different sections law school sections a b and c there's 60 students in each and i was in section b and it was me and my friend fulu i think pretty sure out of the 60 we were the only uh black people but there is also like some indigenous and like uh, Lebanese and other nationalities. But regardless, like it's still it's like heavily like
1: it's noticeable. Like,
2: yeah, like obviously there's a lot more like white males and females and whatnot. Um way more than your undergrad. Like, well well it's different because it's like naturally a smaller program, right? There's only a hundred and like eighty of us. Um so I, I don't think it's as comparable because they only let in so many people but it's still like a drastic difference and even like firms for example if you go on like law firm websites you see it like it's still the same there's a huge issue in terms of like um lawyers from different backgrounds and cultures and whatnot um so for me that was the thing in law school and because i'm not from nova scotia um i'm not part of ibm which is a program that they offer um, at school. um essentially it's like um a program that supports like african nova scotian students um in terms of resources and help in various true, areas but right? tutoring financially various aspects of it and they do things like retreats and stuff like that but i am not part of ibm um so me and my friend who learn on it this would probably be a that our conversation to have with Vulu actually. But as the two who weren't in our year I'd love to have her on
0: here by the way. So you yeah, can
2: we'll um we're kind of like the minor it's like you're a minority within your own minority because like you're not included in these different aspects of it. Not and I don't want to knock it at all because it's just like an unforeseen consequence of like there's only so many spots, only so many whatever. So that's another conversation for a different day.
0: Mm. But uh- I think I want you to I don't know if you feel comfortable, but I just I, I want you to touch on because I, I know me, like you and I have I, I was maybe out of line or trying to tell you how I felt about that because the initiative essentially is saying to, to make um, indigenous and black indigenous uh, more represented in the law field. But, you know, they're they're doing things that they could include you on um, that doesn't require financial aid or anything, but they still don't. They still don't include you so it's like you you have a program that is built on inclusion and representation but you guys just leave you guys out because why like like that's what i and i told you and you you kind of put me and like in my place a bit and said like you know there's time and place but like how does that place i get but i mean why not okay you don't want to talk about it that's fine
2: i just think like i know you
0: want hulu on here but we'll is, talk about it too
2: when there is initiatives and programs, like, there's always going to be unforeseen consequences that people don't agree with and people, like, are kind of, like, the victim of. And, like, maybe for us, me and Fulu, like, that's our situation right now. Um, But personally, like, I don't really want to get into the gist of it or, like, bash it because I know, like, the program's there for good reason. And I do think that this is a conversation that, like, needs to be held. This is, like, an at-the-table conversation, not, like, a podcast online conversation because I don't feel like that's fair professional for me to bash some sort of initiative or program without talking to them. Okay. And I'm saying my own like results from it. So I don't want to really get into details of it.
1: If you say something, it may come off as that's how it is for everyone.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm really just talking about my own situation. And I just mentioned my friend who like, I know has like similar views and yeah, I think it's something that we'll talk about at some point, Mm -hmm. but I just think getting into the details of it can just cause too much of a mess, and that's where things get thrown.
0: Sure. Fair enough, fair enough. This platform's not the right platform for it. Um, See?
2: Nice, baby. There we go. <laughs> you
0: want to take it there? You want me to keep going?
2: What?
1: Hey, play nice, guys. Play nice.
2: Welcome, everybody. But, uh... <laughs> so...
0: so during during your um, during law school, um, talk about how kind of like your first year, the first um, talk about the marking scheme and and how it played on your mind and how um, like climbing like just improving being better um, is kind of a consistent. It's it's about longevity and and thinking um, mm-hmm. towards the future and and building off of having building blocks rather than trying to get like were you did you just expect A's right out the rip like how did things work i
2: think you walk into law school like okay i was on the everybody in law school was on the dean's list but you all walk in there like where i'm on the dean's list like i'm about to get this a like let's keep it going and then they humble you really really quick and they tell you like this is not the school where you're gonna get a's we're on a curve which essentially means only so many a's can be given out so many b's mostly b's and so many c's d's if they feel necessary and fails if they feel necessary so essentially like it's a b's and c's D's sometimes um but like just because like there's not enough a's to go around so like mentally you have that thought in your head it's like okay i gotta like ride the curve so it's like how can i one up the next person but you're all brilliant and everyone studies different so it's 100 percent finals which was a huge adjustment um, so that was weird for me because in my undergrad with arts, I did a lot of papers, right. which was obviously a lot different. Um, and basically the mark- grading scheme in your first year is you have a fail step in December. So they give you like a real exam and you um, like take the test as if it was a normal exam setting, but it doesn't count for anything unless you do worse in April. Right. So to fail safe, and basically I got my marks from that, and they were so bad, I was like, seriously, like I don't know if I'll make it through law school. Like, they were sh- like the shittiest marks I've ever seen.
1: If every student says, oh, I did terrible on a test, and then they got like, it
2: was, like, like the seven. first D I'd ever received, period,
1: hmm.
2: and I was like, this ain't it, like, right. no way. And then no, I finished, got B's in law school. Like if you you can do good with B's, obviously A's are marvelous, but So my goal was obviously to aim for like B, B plus average. Um, And I ended up doing that, which was good. But it is such an adjustment. But I think it like really humbles you because it like brings you back down to earth because it's just like the same whole thing about going to the top and coming back to the bottom. It's like that December, January period, like there are some outliers who probably got AIDS on fail safes and they're just like brilliant or like tested really, really well.
3: Yeah.
2: Whereas, like, the rest of us who thought, like, law school was going to be, like, hard but achievable, like, you still get your A's, they, remind, they reminded you that, like, no, you're not invincible, mm. you're learning something new again. So, it was a huge learning curve, and, um...
1: Speaking of learning curves, how, Because uh, you're still in school, right?
2: Yeah, I'm in my second year.
1: It's, well, like, I mean, like, this year is still going on, so, like, but everything's shutting down, like, the school yeah. shut down because of, uh... The coronavirus? How's
2: that? It's weird. Um, we only have ha- had maybe three weeks left.
1: Yeah.
2: Because our finals, essentially, we do this do them on this program called Exam Four, and it it just takes over your computer, and you can just type in it, and your time. to We have three hours. But now we obviously can't do that so now they're changing our um, exam format to like a word document and everything has to be open book now because they can't control that aspect of it um but currently the issue up in the air is the grading scheme um because a lot of people feel like it wouldn't be fair to what? grade students the same because it we're on a curve right. Keep going. we're on a curve right and People are essentially saying, like, you like your study space, I'm used to going to the library, like, all day before exams. Your professors are right there. In an exam setting, like, my exams in December, truthfully, my computer literally, like, froze and restarted, and I had to use a school computer. Ah. So it's, like, all these little elements that aren't thought about in these situations. It's, like, if something technological goes wrong, and you're telling me I only have the same three hours I would have had in school. Sure. What am I supposed to do? Nothing's open.
1: Man, how and, stressful is that? as like the administrators have to figure that out. Like how much pressure is on them?
2: Huge. Like my dean has probably received more emails right now than she has all year. I know people are. So currently, like the, the debate is whether or not we want to keep, whether or not they're going to decide to keep us with like, um, like averages, essentially, yeah. or go to pass fail, which a lot of other law schools have decided to do. And
1: what would you like to see happen? Pass-fail?
2: Yeah, I think pass-fail would just make it a more even playing field. I think, um, um, like, if they say no, like, obviously, like, we're going to do it regardless. Sure. Yeah, I sure. think I, I'm not necessarily here, like, with, like, a lot of anxiety and whatnot. But, like, yeah, my study space has changed and this is a weird adjustment. Um, but some people, like have to fly back home some people have family are sick some people have like extreme anxiety and like everything slipped upside down and like changing their schedule like that does affect them so i just think pass fails m- much more fair when you consider everybody and at the end of the day i think employers are going to understand for people who are like well, getting drop my next
1: question i was like because employers put so much on uh like sifting through um uh, applicants by their grades right
2: and so, so concern right now amongst a lot of like my peers um and like i get it but i also think that like the average employer is going to be able to see your mark from last semester or whatever or last right. year or whatever the case may be they'll have all your transcripts you're going to need a resume as well and like, they're all going to understand we're in something we've never been in before mm-hmm um we're not invincible so i don't know like they might keep it because so what they have done so far is they changed it they gave us two extra hours to write the exam and they were going to make the curve less stringent essentially saying like there could be a couple more b's a couple more a's whatever the case may be um but a lot of people are aren't happy with that so we'll see no it's
1: like it's crazy how it's like, much i thing's
2: yeah, and expecting students, I think, to, to mentally get into that space as yeah. if everything was as normal. Because for me, like, I still try to go to the gym like Monday to Friday, and like have those two three hours of like not, th- like including like going home, showering, walking, whatever, not thinking about school.
1: Yeah, routine is everything.
2: And so we've all lost our routine, and for some people, routine is essential.
0: So important.
2: So I don't know. It's a weird one. We'll talk,
0: talk, talking about that. Um. I know we haven't a lot of people, based on what um, TOTFC is on Instagram and stuff, have considered TOTFC fitness. But like a lot of this conversation has been built on school, academics, some team sports. But how does fitness um, tie into your life? And you know, are are, are you are you obsessed? Or are you just you enjoy having a, a structure that keeps you kind of grounded and feeling good? Like what does fitness do for you? In terms
2: of your um, education and life, um, like physically, after playing a sport, I think most people, unless you're one of the people who are extremely blessed, you your body will change over time if you start working out like naturally, because like we don't realize that in basketball you're running like every single day, yeah, being as much like you just post like your sport, it's almost impossible to attain the physique that you had during it right. unless you your right. way. Unless yep. you're still running two hours a day. Exactly. And for me, once I finished, I was like, oh, my God, I can breathe. And then you obviously get to a point where, you're like, okay, like, I'm ready to get into like some sort of fitness again. And, like, I just think I enjoy going to the gym um, and lifting weights. Um, personally, for me, I like that better than, like, I don't even play in, like, leagues. Mm-hmm. can seem weird, but. how
1: How is it, uh, how is Will, since since Will is, like, top of the food chain, obsessed with like fitness, nutrition, like everything. How has that influenced the way you see fitness or like even how uh, you use fitness in your own life? Cause you guys are together. You yeah.
2: Together. Um, I think it, it helps in the sense of like, I don't feel obligated to go to the gym, but like, because he goes too, like, it's a little bit easier because you both go spend some time there. And it's not necessarily like one person sitting, waiting on the other. And like, because he loves the gym so much, like, he appreciates when I'm there, like, he's not stressing about, like, how long I'm there, or, like, whatever the case may be. Um, and I also just think it's important to have someone who's, like, into the same things as you. I'm not into it to the degree he is. He's a lot more, like, well-versed on it. But, I don't know. Obviously, we have our moments where I'm just like, shut up, I'm going to eat this chocolate, and I don't want you to say anything for me. Okay, well, don't act like I don't eat chocolate. Like, that's another perception... That's
0: a perception that you guys need to squash, that I'm I'm living this unsustainable, like...
2: No, and that's like, the thing. I'm it's always like,
0: fasting and stuff, like, don't...
2: He he doesn't, like, he doesn't just eat salads, and, like, he's not like that. Easy.
1: Right, but for you, you want to be able to, like, shut it off, where Will's almost, like, your world, like, it's just what you're most interested in.
2: Yeah, and, like, he's not, like, ridiculous about it. He still eats. He eats massive plates of food. Like, we do not eat the same in terms of portions.
1: Oh, massive. Maybe. Yeah. I'll be I having yesterday.
2: Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. But, like, he also, like, works out and burns so much more calories than me. Right. I have a sweet tooth. So we have different things. Like, he might want, like, a massive plate of pasta where I'm, like, okay with an okay size. And then I want some Brooke sides later, you know? Mm-hmm. and i might you know and and like she said i might
0: give her a side eye or something you might like
2: take the bag and look at the sugar count and that's when i'm like
0: oh, my Wait, oh. Wait, oh. man it doesn't happen every time though like please <laughs> don't make it seem like it's every every time every three times
1: <laughs> i can just I, no man i've experience, i've experienced it
2: so like everyone's been a victim of it he's but he's not an animal about it it's just like obviously naturally when you're with someone who's so into the gym and physically fit like you think a bit, a bit more about what you eat
0: i feel like i'm put in an awkward position because i feel like in this, <laughs> on the podcast like i feel like if somebody is ever like generally concerned or or thinks about their fitness level or their body and stuff um or has ever said anything like you know worries about those things like And and you know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to say something, like, by the way, like, that's probably not the greatest thing to eat right now. Like, that's not a horrible thing to to say.
2: No, but I just think it's like recognizing when someone's just having like a little treat and being like, okay.
0: I completely understand that. I just, here's another thing that maybe not you do, but I think maybe that's why I say because there's a lot of people around the world that. You know, they they look at themselves and they'll they might have certain days where they're like, I don't like the way I look, but then they're snacking or they're doing these things. So like that's my way of just kind of like I don't know, like just saying like just know like know what happens if if this is like a right. constant lifestyle. Like you know the path that like where it leads. Like just like kind of like little reminders. Like I, I'm never I've never like grabbed food from you and been like you can't eat that or like that. Like it's more of a sarcastic joke. So. I just want people to think, like, I'm not here, like, yo, stop eating that. Like, no. you're going to gain and
2: weight. I think it anyways, listen, you don't tell me what to eat. Mm.
1: Mm, tell him, Shan. tell him.
2: But I get what you're saying, Liam, and I think it's just a fine line of, like, and also to the point of, like, people, like, not feeling good about themselves. I think even, like, the fittest of the fittest people on Instagram, like, these days, everyone has their days when they just don't feel great. So it's also just, like... The one day that you might say to someone like, "Oh, like careful about that," might be the day that they were feeling really shitty.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think I, it's just yeah. really hard to like weigh those things. I would sure. also
1: say like, I think most people are aware that if I go and grab a beer or or if I go grab um, and I eat a whole bag of chips and I choose to do that, I think subconsciously like I know it's not putting me in the right direction of maybe what I may say where I wanna go. Um, so, you know, especially, especially for in Shan's case, like she, she's your girlfriend. She sees what you do constantly. She, it, it, it's it's always around her and, and it's known that um, this isn't the way to get in shape if, if you're just eating junk all the time. So it, like, it's important, I think, it, it's important to the way you kind of throw your advice or be like, yo, sarcastically. I
0: I, I get that, but I also I'm going to challenge you guys that you 100. know North America is is overly overly obese, and people <laughs> will say these things, and people will talk about I- I'm like I'm I'm cool with like all this, but ten years down the road, like, is that gonna Are, are you going to be in the same mindset? Are people Like, yeah, like maybe it is, but it's the consistency. Like that's the biggest thing with health, wellness, fitness is consistency. So like, it's not me like saying like, you can't eat this today. It's just a reminder. It's like, yo, like consistency matters, Mm -hmm. like these things and, and the numbers don't lie. And what you said, and again, what Shan said is like most university athletes, when they finish, like you, you see, uh, you see an, an increase or or a decline in fitness or wellness. Um, and, and how do you combat that? Right. And that's just, that's just like kind of a natural. Yeah. Natural
1: you know it is. And, and, yeah.
0: and yeah, like maybe she doesn't like that, but like we've, we've had talks about it before. It's just one of those things where it's like, I, I, she knows that I also have a strong, like, you know, like you, people want to be happy. People want to be healthy. Like health sure. matters. I'm not, I'm not saying like chance eating a whole bag of like Brookside's every night. Like that's not the thing, but. I just think that like people need to be stopped. Um, it, people uh, shouldn't be as sensitive if if somebody's giving like a little like by the way like you know like there's you know if you eat that chocolate bar that's the yeah that's two days at the gym. And to what you do. be it's fair, like,
1: you you know Shan can handle your jabs and jabs uh, because of you, course, of
0: course, you're together.
1: You know each other so well.
0: You know what I mean, and and that's just it. But like I do think that people. Like there are I'm not saying shan's like this, but I find in fit like wellness, fitness, health, like people always put off the hard or the annoying things because they don't want to hear the facts. They don't want to hear the the reality of this like this lifestyle can lead to this, which can then lead to depression, lead to loss of self-confidence. Like all these little things, right? And, and you don't see them because you look at yourself all the time and yeah. you, you're in the same, it's a, it's a routine, a structure that never changes. So that's just, well,
1: a, that's why you see so many former student athletes fall off in terms of their fitness level is because when they were in school and playing a sport, they, they didn't really have the choice. They didn't have to um, employ self-discipline to run for two hours and go play the sport. Whereas when they finish, they lose that part of the routine that's like almost like you, you don't have an option to miss practice. You don't have an option to miss that game. Mm. When you're outside and you're finished playing your sport, it's like it's, it's only you and it's totally up to you. So the results that you get from your fitness is your own doing, right?
2: And rightfully so. Like they might just want to breathe and relax and not look at a gym for a little bit. And I think it's just. I- that happens because it's so full force when you're playing and then when you stop it's like I can sleep in I can get up and not have to go to gym gym, I'm gonna do it and then it just becomes like your regular routine until you reach a point where you're kind of like "Uh uh-oh but I just think um
0: and hopefully that uh uh-oh isn't a deep deep hole that when you try to climb out it's so far that you get because a lot of people will dig themselves in holes that take longer than what they, their expectations of how long it, it will take or should take. Right. That's the, the, like we always talk about the instant gratification of, of, okay, well, as you know, I was an athlete. It'll only take me like three, four weeks to burn off 20 pounds. I had over the last two years. We're like, realistically, like, no, that's not, that's not realistic at all. It's like you, a healthy weight loss is like one, one to two pounds a, a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's, that's following like that's eating really well all day long like working out consistently so like like she said like that does happen and and it happens to more than just athletes so that's something that people like and like just another thing to keep in mind is like if you do like dig a hole like understand you know what what kind of the circumstances that you're getting yourself into fitness wise um let alone
2: any other you know mind mind games like But to that, I also think it's important to, like, also, like, flip the script and be, like, regardless of how deep you are, like, it's not impossible. And I think that's, like, the fine line of, like, when you give someone criticism or when someone's in, like, a deep place or, like, because, like, I think another thing people need to remember is, especially when you are, like, fit or a former athlete and you are in the gym or you're going to the gym and, like, you criticize someone who's overweight, like, maybe because of this, like, they feel like you're judging them when you – mention these things like know what you're doing you're risking all this stuff to yourself they don't feel comfortable coming to a gym they also might not know what they're doing so i think there's these like little things that like we as former athletes or people who do work out need to consider when we're speaking about fitness because it's not like an us versus you or an us versus them it's like a it should be more of like a welcome wagon of like let's do this together and i think a lot of the times it can become you ate that like you did that to yourself like get to the gym okay then what So I think people need a bit more like openness and community and like less judgment, which is like, I'm not trying to say that you're judging them. I'm just saying, I think the world we live in, people think it's easier, easier than it is for people to walk into a gym and just. I, I
0: I completely agree. Um, That being said, like, if you were to look at a college student who's playing sports and he's a good athlete and you're. And he's not studying and getting horrible marks, and like, what do you, what do you say to him? Like, do you give him? Are you like, yo, you, you gotta study. Yeah, that's you to study? what I was and, to say that, like... and that's it's he doesn't, he might not have experience in l- knowing how to study properly, but he like, how does, do you know what I mean? Like, is it so is it up, up somebody else to, is it up to somebody else to get his marks up, or is he gonna have to get his marks up at the end of the day? analogy in terms of different
2: that's why i don't think that there's a blanket answer to your question i think someone might, might need more help than another. someone might need a mentor someone might just need to fail a test to get it back someone might need a trainer someone might did you see a uh, inspiring story on instagram
1: it's and one I, of those those uh it's one of those questions that it's not one size fit all right
2: okay. i think we're just too quick to say this works go do it okay just because mm. For you and like sixty percent of the population doesn't mean it works for the next person. Maybe someone eats completely healthy and it's like you can't lose weight. Third, well, that
0: that is that is true. Like people with thyroid problems, like that's that's a fact. I've never said Maybe that everybody o- overweight
2: it. is. So, like,
0: I've so. never said that everybody overweight doesn't doesn't like care about their fitness or wellness or try hard i know
2: you're saying and i think that it's not even just that type of person i think there's also people who are like super girls who are super slim and want that like thick body that is like in right now like everybody wants like an ass and some curves and like that girl might be super insecure and not sure what to eat and like there's just so many like sides to it all that i think i don't know
0: yeah but but for you um it's it's been a staple like in just terms of structure routine have you noticed like within school like people are people and people in law school are they routinely structured in the gym or are you kind of like one of the um, in, t- in terms of how much like you go what like four to four to five times a week
2: yeah i'd say there's a consistent group of people who like, you know work out and there's a lot more who like don't or like i don't 100%. even want to say don't like a lot of people especially nowadays go to like spin classes uh, and, and yeah, arms are
1: working out
2: orange theory and stuff so like i there's a lot more of that i think now than just going straight to the gym so i'd say i think a lot of people are trying to adopt like more fitness into their routine um i don't think everybody i think once we hit exam season though that's when people like give up the gym period because everyone
1: arguably most important
2: exactly everyone's like all right like now i need to flip to what's important and for me, like, the few days before my exam, that's probably what I do. But, like, I do find, like, within, if it's, like, the week before, it feels good. Because you need to, like, not think about everything all day.
0: Like, going to the gym to get your mind off studying. Is
2: yeah. And maybe someone else would have spent those two hours studying while I'm not studying. Like, sure. Like, my mental health might be a little bit better the day of our exam because I took that time. Nice.
0: Interesting. Um.
2: So, I mean,
0: essentially, you've you've come from a family that, like, both, you know, your parents work hard, but neither went to post-secondary. Uh, no one to, went to university. Mm-hmm. Um, you started playing basketball in grade nine. You went to SMU. You made a huge decision to move to a province, like, that no one, like...
2: Yeah, I didn't know anybody from. here, also.
0: Like, like, how is that to, like, be uncomfortable? Like, pretty much, how has it been... Your whole like I, f- I feel like every time you've kind of gone up in a sense like you moved to the universe, SMU, you got uncomfortable, you moved somewhere. When you moved up, became all Canadian, you were uncomfortable because you're in a position that you'd never been in before and you were looking around didn't seem like was, you didn't seem like you belonged in a sense or whatever based on like the visual. When you moved up to law school kind of again uncomfortable being in a position that you've never been in going, going to, um, and then, and then also being, uh, going through the interview process for, for, uh, articling again, another, another process of being uncomfortable. Like how does, what do you feel about being uncomfortable? Like how did, how did your first initial move to Nova Scotia essentially kind of build you up for your future success in terms of everything that you've done?
2: Um, yeah, um, it was very scary because as I said, me and my mom are super, super close. So moving to another province was a huge deal for me. Um,
1: did she say she was from here? Who? Your mom.
2: No, like oh, I'm in fear of you,
1: Kansas, sorry. Yeah. Cause, Cause your dad said. You, yeah.
2: Um, so that was very uncomfortable. And then like, I'm coming to a team where I knew nobody. So I literally just knew nothing, knew nobody, just came. And that was a huge adjustment for me because I was so used to my bubble back home. Like, I had the same friends in high school Mm -hmm. and so comfortable.
1: Um, And when you just started playing basketball in high school, you only knew one team.
2: Exactly.
1: But it felt like to go to a new team.
2: And then my rep team, like, I love those girls too. So it was an adjustment, but I think it just built me in, like, independence too, like, being able to like rely on yourself and meet new people. And um, I just think I've gotten used to being uncomfortable and like, not even used to being uncomfortable. Like I expect to be uncomfortable at some point in my life every so often. Are you numb to it? I'm I'm not numb to it. Like job interviews, for example, like first year I went through the process. I didn't get a job. It was so scary, but like I was so happy I went through that process. That this year I went through it a lot more comfortable and a little bit more relaxed. You're still nervous. Like I'm still a human being, but I don't know. I think there's something like beautiful that comes out of being uncomfortable. And like, even if like you don't get the job you wanted or the mark you wanted, like you challenged yourself. And I don't, I just, I, it's like a love hate relationship Mm -hmm. because in the moment you're always like, Oh my God.
1: Will, do you, are you numb to the uncomfortable feeling of going for a PR or a, really? if you've never hit before? Like you're just numb to that feeling of going for a five twenty-five deadlift or five seventy-five?
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't say numb. Um, I, I usually am confident in my ability in terms of leading up to something that I want to do. Like. If I'm going for PR, I'm usually confident in, like, the the the, the preparation, the work that's put in, the, the dedication and, and time and effort, like, the thought process behind everything. But there are days that, like, there are times where, like, you, you think, like, you're ready and, like, you wake up that day and you don't feel, like, you might not feel right. I don't know if Shan can attest to this, maybe going to school, like, certain days, like, or waking up for an an exam or test at some point and like you just feel a bit off almost. And you try to like, you're still trying to get your, your mind wrapped, but like, you just don't like, you almost kind of like, it's just, you're not, I don't know. It's like the energy is not there. Right. It happens occasionally and you still go for it, but it's just, it's just a reminder that like not every day, not every challenge that you are going to go up against is going to go like the way that you expect it to go. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you're going to fail. You're going to you're gonna have disappointments. Like, that's one thing that the gym, I find, I love fitness, I love the gym for that reason, is that, like, I love having a goal, trying to get that goal, and even if I fail, even if I don't even come close, like, if it's, I'm trying to go for, you know, a certain number, and I come, like, 100 pounds sh- short, like, it's just, like, a humbling experience that, like, no matter what level you get to, like, there's, there's always another level to go to. Like, there's always more work to do. There's always more dedication. There's always more think, a think tank, a more thought, a deeper thought process on how,
3: mm.
0: how you can change that route that you were going towards that. Like if something didn't work, it's like, okay, I got to find, I got to go off here yeah. and find another, another road that, that leads me to success. And, uh, That's why I, that's why I love, um, I love, uh, like fitness in in a sense. And, and, um, like, you know, like we just talked about the Yale thing, right? Like that's, for me, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see like how that plays out for the next 10 months. Jan, I didn't tell you yet, but I signed up for a course, like a Yale course on, on, um, health and wellness. You got an Ivy league man now. Uh No, it's just, it's just a little certificate. It's just something that I saw and we were talking like today and, and I was like, why not? Like COVID-19 shutting everything down. Like it, it ties into top of the food chain brand and fitness and wellness and health. And, and why not try to, why not get uncomfortable?
1: Free online course. Yeah
0: it's free, right? And I the only thing I paid for is I, I paid for the certificate you didn't have to, but I want like that's that's gonna hold me accountable. I know that I'm gonna have to re- you have,
1: I'm invested in have it to
0: follow up right If not I'm gonna lose some money. So um no, like I think failure and 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 uncomfortable feelings like are are a natural part of growth. Mm-hmm. and um, if you're scared to get uncomfortable, like, man, you're gonna be scared of a hell of a lot of things in life. Yeah you are going to be terrified and yeah like that that would be that would be my answer to that thanks man um shanika how do you uh you've been you've been to europe one time how did that shape uh shape your 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 life and your feelings on that because because uh what chico chico spoke about travel and being uh, moving from outside nova scotia to the west coast and how it made him change his persp- perspective on things like how did that
1: the importance how did,
2: of traveling
0: yeah how, how does what oh. does that mean for you
2: um well i think just coming from like Toronto to the east coast in and of itself was something because east coast is a lot more like one of the things i noticed out here was people like just smiling at you and waving at you and i was like what's going on when i got here Everyone's pretty friendly. Huh?
0: Everybody everybody in Toronto, like, yo, what's good? Like, you got a problem? Like, what's beef?
2: Wow, let's not. Um, (laughs) Well,
0: like, what are you saying? Like, what are Toronto people like?
2: It's just a much more populated place, different cultures, a lot more different ethnicities and whatnot. So, like, the social standards are different. And, like, how people behave is different. Not everyone's as, like, how you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not knocking it. It's great. Like, the charm of
1: this small town like small town big city
2: mm-hmm. um but in terms of europe like i absolutely loved it and like i think traveling is essential i just think there's so much we don't know and so much to see out there and like hopefully this ends and doesn't destroy too many economies as it probably will but like greece was just amazing to see those like tiny islands and like the fact that these people just live in such a small remote town And they're just so content, and life is just so much more relaxed. I think just to see how, like, over here in, like, North America, we're, like, always going busy bodies. Like, what can we do next? How can I improve? Why am I, like, doing this good enough? Not making enough money, whereas there just seems like a lot more of a relaxed lifestyle, just, like.
0: Do you think that's because of capitalism?
2: I don't know why it is, but what do you guys think?
0: Well, I,
1: I was, I was gonna say that just just by going there and seeing something much different than what you're used to, it just allow it opens up your mind to be like, okay, there's there's more out there than what I know, mm. um, and even if you don't, even if you only go to one place, like say you guys only go to Greece and you see that one, you have that one experience, and you never go anywhere else, it just opens your mind. Um, it, it makes you more open-minded about what else there is out there or what else there could be. And it makes you more mindful of what other people are li- like living situations. And it could make you more empathetic and say like, yeah, I'm having a shit day, but I'm sure there's someone out there. That's, you know, having another one. One of my friends just, I checked, checked in with her and I said, Oh, how, how are you making out during this whole uh, COVID-19 and quarantine? If you go- yeah, obviously it's not ideal. Like, I'm not having a good time at all. Obviously it's not fun, but I know that I, I have it a lot better than a lot of people do. And she, she's definitely someone who's who's had the opportunity to travel. And I just think that's the biggest thing. It just makes you realize how small and tiny you are and what you know is. Um, I think that's the biggest benefit. But in terms of capitalism, I I, I mean. Yeah, North America is definitely that place in the world where even when I was over in London, people were like, "Why did you come here? Isn't Canada like so much better? Like, why would you even come here?" And I was just saying, like, because they have this perception that North America and America uh, is like the place you want to be. That's where all the you know the flashy lights and the movies and everything. Um,
0: and you said I want to be Beyonce's wingman. That's why I came
1: Shout out Pepsi. But no, it was
0: just like it was just interesting. Like
1: on like I had a handful of uh, interactions with people where they were like, oh, what, like why would you want to come to this country? Like, and some people who had negative views against the country and like why would you want to come to this shithole and everything. And it, it just really stuck with me because I was, I, I I was I said one, I can always come back. Like the nice thing is I'm not just moved here and I can never go back to Canada. It, it's great, but just I told them that I just wanted to go experience something that I had never experienced before, um, but it was it was just interesting to me. So I mean, no, I don't really. What do you think about the cat? Like, is that a thing that makes you think it's because of that we're not as friendly, or
0: like, well, yeah. What do you think? For me, yeah, Weird. I think I I definitely think North America. I mean, obviously i'm I'm speaking on my own experience because I've only really lived in North America. My dad lives in Connecticut, so I've traveled there a few times often, um, and I've lived in Nova Scotia, which is Canada. so but based on based on my my uh, traveling experience, which is limited, like two weeks in Europe. but from what I got is that we preach like we definitely preach like economic growth, like security, like, Buying like a house and how, like I- improving uh, professionally and and that's definitely like pushed. Whereas like when I went there like like it was like is it's almost like to me it seemed like it was more more important to be like happy with like being like a small fisher that you know like had his had his routine like loved his life like money it almost is like like wealth wasn't like the key to happiness over there it was more so like what you were doing
3: Mm.
0: how you were like interacting within your communities especially in like the smaller islands and stuff where like you know wealth isn't prevalent right it's just like so it's more so like what keeps you happy like what keeps you living Mm -hmm. that type of stuff um so that like that's kind of like what i got but I, i mean i understand both both ends of the the spectrum like money is important for sure in terms of like um, being able to do things in life and go places um, I mean there's other ways to go places if you're really talented and it's like you know singing or or cooking or something like that like but that sometimes sure. that might take money unless you're just naturally born at the top of the food chain of those things like you know what I mean you might need a parent that can invest in tutoring or or send you to a school for arts or something like that so yeah money does it is important like if in our society like if you want to put your kids in a better uh potentially in a better and in, in more line to climb mm-hmm. things, True. like True. At, True. A, at a you know what i mean not to say like people that that don't can't it's just you know it might yeah. give but um yeah that, that those are my thoughts thanks um, what shan like you have two, you have two younger brothers, a younger sister, like, what would be your message to kids, and, and before I ask you this question, like, we've had, um, a lot of, like, things that we've talked about is, like, race and culture, and the first, our first three, um, guests have been, um, have been black, right, so I like, I, I ask, like, what do you tell people, like, your, your, your brothers, your sisters, people that, you know, young girls that, might be looking or reading into this. Um, what what advice would you give to them about like kind of what they're about to face as they grow up in our system, in our in our society, and and how what, how how can they put themselves in a position to succeed despite all the barriers mm-hmm. that maybe they may face in their in their climb? Um, I think. Th- because you, you we talk all the time about like you're passionate about you know you say like I, i'm like i want my sister to be comfortable and confident with her hairstyle i want her to uh, my brother to be able to be <laughs> successful and and um you know have a have income and and be somebody like so like i just want you to touch on that like what would what you tell people like them and other kids like them that because you, you your your road is not like man like it's not. I know we talked about it on a, a lot, but like, and I know I'm your boyfriend and stuff, but like, speaking from a non-boyfriend perspective, like man, like it's extremely impressive to see like where you've come, like your environment and and how much you've traveled and been like how uncomfortable you've had to get. Like it's so impressive to see like somebody come from that and win win AUS championships. Be on the dean's academic all Canadian. Go go to Schulich Law School without being one of the kids that's getting a free, uh, I, I don't want to say a free ride because you still have to put in work as a. But having your school paid for, like you're one of what two that don't have their school paid for, and you're and then you're getting a job at Stuart Stuart McKelvey's, like that name job move articling like sorry you didn't get a job yet but you're articling like that man like that's you've literally climbed like as high as pretty much as high as you can for where you've been at. So like, how do you, like, if anybody's listening, like you should really listen to what she's saying in terms of like how to, how to fight these, these, these challenges that you like, they're going to face.
2: Yeah. Um, thank you. Sweet. That was cute. Um, that's
0: just real. Like, it's just, it's facts.
2: For me, I think the one thing I would say is, like, you need to, like, know the power of your own voice and have confidence in it. Because I think most people who know me, like, take my word for what I do say. I think your word means a lot. I think especially when you're a minority or female, you need to, like, say what you mean and mean what you say. Because a lot of people will discredit you quickly. And for me, I'm trying to lead by example. I want my siblings to, like, see that anything's attainable um and as I already said like I just think I have a drive in me because of my parents and like my grandparents and like I have a great support system and like I think that's one of like the most humbling things is like you don't need the financial support it's more the emotional and the mental support um
0: what would you say to um a kid that might like is there would you give a like um, some advice on where to f- maybe search for support if there is a kid that listens that like says like well I don't have that at home or like I don't have that connection like where can I find it like how do you
2: I think a lot of it if that is your situation like hopefully there's someone around you but if not like reach out to people like um Get uncomfortable there's, you- groups, there's volunteer groups there's organizations that exist to help and I think that's a huge thing and Go with somebody
0: uh, in the community that like you
2: know maybe that and just say like listen like i have a question or like i need to talk about this or whatever the case may be um but i just think like you need to have tough skin and you need to be able to like pick yourself up because like i've had a million instances where i felt like complete shit or like i failed but like you have to have the ability and like personal strength and willpower to just like keep it moving like it doesn't matter like you might disappoint yourself or disappoint somebody else but at the end of the day like you gotta look in the mirror and be happy with what you see and like I feel like I've always kind of like tried to like thrive on that like people might not always agree with my opinion or what I have to say but like I say what I'm thinking and I try to be honest about it and I also think with that is know your audience like know who you're talking to right Mm -hmm. because like You might disagree with the teacher or professor strongly but like you have to like adjust your tone and things that you might not want to do and i think that's just what i've learned through my education is like there's different ways to reach people and the message will get across in different formats and so i don't know i think you'll learn as you go but like just pick yourself back up and that's the hardest part what you just
0: said um a professor or a a person in power like might not agree like are you, are you saying like if if you feel like somebody's being um maybe like not understanding or not listening like you have to find a way to kind of deal with it in a sense where
2: like or, like how do what do you mean by that like maybe if um a professor says something you strongly disagree with it rather than call them out in front of the class because you might want to do it Maybe it's you go to them, have a conversation from one on like, woman-to-woman, woman-to-man, whatever the case may be, adult-to-adult, in more of, like, a respectful tone. Whereas, like, when with your friends, if you disagree with something, you might be so quick to be like, what are you talking about? And, like, then you're going to build that, like, repertoire of, like, okay, like, I hear you, can you hear me? And, like, build a base and an understanding. And I just think, like, one of the things I'm still learning and, like, adjusting to is, like, literally just understanding your audience and who you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. And it'll be an ongoing
1: lesson. Man, uh, that relates to every every part of life. Like, like we've already touched on it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I just think that what you just said, and it was a good kind of way to wrap everything together and kind of go full circle, is that we talked everything basically what i got from this this podcast is that communication is key and everyone everyone responds to it to uh things differently and it's important to to somehow learn that or or become patient with yourself when you're trying to communicate with others because it's, it's the only way that you're going to develop as a as a person going forward is i just think communication is so important and it was evident in almost everything that we uh, talked about tonight so um
0: before before we finish I got one more question since we we touched on a lot about your accomplishments what for you what is your biggest in your eyes failure or Mm -hmm. disappointment or disappointing someone at some point in your life that you've that you struggled with and like you eventually came to grips with it and, and like, you know, um, overcame it and, and moved on. Like you said, kept it moving. Like, what what is something that you really struggled with um, at some point in life, whether it was with your parents or school or, or yourself or, like, like, what is something that stands out to you?
2: Um, in my first or second, in my second year, I had roommates and we had a huge falling out. And, like, that, this was at a point when I was still, like, stuck to a bubble. I didn't associate with my teammates as much, and I basically just associated with them. And so that was, like, just a huge, like, anyways, friendship ended for whatever reasons, like, just blew up kind of situation. And then you're kind of left reflecting, like, okay, did I not develop other relationships because I was so focused on just, like, this mini-school part of my life? Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, sheltering myself from other things. Right. Um So I wouldn't say that was a failure. That was just an instance when, like, I kind of, like, woke up in my own head and was like, girl, there's more to the world. There's so many people out here. Like, develop more relationships, talk to more people, like, be more open. Because for me, I'm not the most approachable person, I don't think, people think, so I've been told. Um, But, like, learning that about yourself and trying to adjust it and trying to be a little bit more friendly when the time does come. In terms of failure... Um, I don't know. Not winning a US sucked. Do nothing. I could really do after
1: that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't classify that as a failure. I do see it as something because before okay. that falling out is like you you invested a lot of energy. You took you gained a lot of value from that, and then all of a sudden you lost that value.
2: True. I would say the failure there was more so like
0: um not being able to repair or or
1: or not
0: realizing, that
2: not any- realizing and just like your your own like um misjudgments of people's character right you just assume you and someone have like similar interests of who you should be friends with mm-hmm. when maybe it's the person who's nothing like you that you would click best sure. with and who's best for you so i'd say that is one of the things i learned because like through that i developed some of like my best friends obviously like who like we just weren't that close at the time and then i made all these other relationships where it's like if I still had those friendships, I probably wouldn't have took the time to develop relationships with people that like were so different from me. So yeah, I, that's true. I think I took that from it. It's-
1: that's where that's where discomfort is so yeah. important because if 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 all you do is like like you just said, your best friend could be someone that you feel like you would never approach ever before, and a lot of times that we we do find our friends based on our comfort it's almost like a it's a it's a way to comfort ourselves is to you know gravitate towards people like us. Um but you'll never you'll be surprised about the relationships you can have when you talk to people that is outside of who you would normally talk to. I
3: agree. I agree you.
1: Anything yeah. else William? Um uh, not really
0: what would you what would you quickly just um something that's uh relevant what would you tell people right now about social distancing um and covid the coronavirus like you you we live with people like well actually that's a separate topic but um like what would you say to people that are that are trying to like figure this out whether they take it serious or not like where where do you see this going we've already talked how it affects your school like how's it How's it affecting everything else in your life, and what would you tell people about it?
2: Um, it hasn't really affected anybody personally to that extent yet, um, but I do think everyone needs to take it serious. I think it's super ridiculous that people still went out and celebrated March break on beaches and stuff, like, um, and I do think we just all need to do our part. This is just an instance where it's, like, come together as a community and, like, there's a lot of memes about like people were asked for war and like you're asked to stay home and like, we can do that. It's not that difficult. Um, FaceTime, go on Instagram, watch Netflix, read a book. I don't know. Skype. We're all like, we're all struggling in a sense, but we can preserve a lot of lives if we follow it. So my opinion would just be to listen. And obviously I know people don't want to listen because the media is like hard to trust it half the time. But like we have a lot of reliable sources speaking on it at this point. So I think people need to just like stop with the ignorance and this then. I like
0: I like the thing about the media. I I always tell Tristan, um, it's important to to keep up with the news. I told him like we talked about this when you were in London and stuff, and Tristan said the same thing that he doesn't really trust everything that comes out from the media.
1: hmm
0: Fake news. Big Donald Trump guy here. Um, Not that I don't I, trust I, I, it, it's
1: I, just like there's, I, there's so much out there, you it's hard and, it's hard to know. There's
0: too and many just, outlets. Who do you just trust? Touch, touching on touching on what Shan said, I I personally think it's really important for young people in their in their like their twenties and and early thirties and stuff um, to to listen and follow and read the news. You don't have to believe everything you say, but uh, but. Um, You can make your own, you can come up with your own um, logic by reading multiple sources, like she said, like you don't have to, you can take things and look for numbers and look for facts before deciding what you just heard was completely true. And I think it's really relevant to what I think, I think I hope from, from this experience that we're going through right now, like people, people, people take that advice and, and keep up with the news after this goes over just to, to follow government to follow regional municipalities and stuff to make sure they know what's kind of going on in their communities and and have an idea at least um of whether like whether it's voting or whether it's something that's going down like i think it's important and i i, I like that you said that that it's definitely it's definitely important to be educated on on topics that are going on in your communities and your, your country and government so other than that, um, last, thing gonna Jeez. Last, last thing I'm going to say is, are you staying active during your uh, COVID-19 break?
2: Do you plan on staying? Um... Um, I don't feel like I'm as productive as when I go to the gym, period. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to do stuff. I bought a yoga mat at Winners. Hey, stuff in my apartment, but it's not the same, period.
1: Well, Shane, thank you. Oh, yeah, check, check out TOTFC at-home
0: workouts. Yeah, if you, hadn't, if you hadn't looked yet, but based on what you already said, you, you already told the public you're not really uh, – TOTFC and, and Shan kind of bump heads on, on that, uh-huh. that, that topic.
1: That's episode four, so thanks for coming. <laughs> Shan, it's, a, it's been a wonderful opportunity for me to kind of ask you a few questions that are, are always on my mind, get to know you a little bit better, and see uh, see your success going forward in law school.
0: And and I, I'd like I'd like to thank you and and can you please reach out to Fulu because we'd, we we I definitely love to have a uh, similar talk with her about her story and stuff mm. and Tristan doesn't know her but she's a also a really uh, exceptional female uh, um, human being mm. uh, who was also in school with Shan that would be a great person to have on TOTFC. Um, Thanks, But Yeah. Good night.
2: Good
0: night, bye. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks for tuning in to TOTFC Podcast. If you liked it and you want to hear more, please share it with a friend, a family member, a teammate, or anybody. Like the video, consider subscribing to TOTFC Podcast. Mm -hmm.